Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Brett McDermott, and this is Doing Big Things, where we speak with people from around the world that are doing big things, and we dive into the mindset, the systems, and the habits that allow them to do what they do. Now, I am really excited today because we're speaking with a spiritual business coach, a master meditator, a Yale PhD. He helps some of the agents right here at Elegrin Real Estate to keep their heads on straight while they're doing multi-million dollar deals. We're going to talk about the power of meditation, stillness, and the difference between intention and wanting. You know, more importantly, how we can shift our mindset to enjoy and find more fulfillment from our work. Mario Simon, thanks for being on the show, my man. How are you? Nice to see you. I'm doing Very great. Very excited to be on the show. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Boy, you've got a really nice calming presence to you. Even just, just being on the other side of the camera from you, I feel more calm. Uh, I've heard that more than once. <laughs> I bet. I bet. So just kind of quickly, uh, you know, could you just uh, tell everyone just a little bit about yourself and and your journey up until this point? Yeah. So I started, um, so I think I was, uh, I always remember having a gift of seeing in others what they don't yet see in themselves. And um I would always try to help people um, to really see what their potential is. And so, you know, even in elementary school, I would do this uh, with my friends. But uh, about 20 years ago, I started uh, really more seriously delving into the idea of there's something beyond what we see that's actually very present in our life all the time. And uh, that's where my more spiritual journey started. And spirituality is not, you know, uh, anything voodoo or anything sort of uh, transcendental, etc. You know, people can get to those states through uh, all sorts of ways. And I'm happy to talk about that. But it is about really understanding what is and really living in reality. That is what uh, spirituality is about, is understanding the energy that you have and how that energy is uh, moving the world. Love that. That, that. That's awesome stuff. And we're going to delve into a lot of those kind of different topics today. So, you know, were you kind of on a more like traditional business trajectory at one point? And then at one point... I still like, am. I still am. You, you still uh, are. Correct. Correct. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So uh, if you look at my resume, it, uh, it actually doesn't uh, talk at all about any... Uh, of the pieces that we're talking today uh, on more spiritual elements. So uh, I did a PhD in economics at Yale, um, came to the U.S. as a Fulbright Scholar, and then um, worked in a management consulting company. Then I built uh, my own uh, management consulting brand uh, and insights uh, sort of type of advisory. And uh, more recently, I moved to Boston Consulting Group, where I'm a partner. Excellent. Excellent. So, so from a resume standpoint, it looks quite, uh, quite, you know, in the in the middle of uh, of the road. Love it. I mean, you know, what kind of like a traditional, you know, trajectory of success business wise. But then on the side, you know, you've been coaching other people, executives, entrepreneurs on on how to thrive not only in business but also in their spiritual life, which I think is you know su such an incredible pursuit. Um, yeah. To me, I don't see it as, as the side, actually, with my clients, like some of my uh, favorite and uh, uh, 
you know, long-standing clients actually do that work with them. And, uh, and it's very satisfying to them and very satisfying to me. And I'm curious when you're working, you know, I, I know in particular one person that, that you work with, he's incredibly successful. And, you know, when you're working with these really high achievers, right. You know, these people that are really killing it on all levels, you know, what's like a, a consistent roadblock that you see a lot of them face when they're trying to attain calmness, when they're trying to attain stillness in their everyday work? Yeah, that's that's a problem for everybody, not sure. only for high achievers. I would say that uh, people who have high potential um, already start with a, a little bit of an understanding, you know, the sort of essence of what it uh, really means to to sort of uh, step back a little bit and be able to see the bigger aperture. Uh, that's why they are successful. They look at opportunities in a slightly different way. And um, and so what I'd love to do is to sort of uh, talk to them and start seeing where they're challenged. I think challenges are great, great indicators of where growth is to be had. So uh, I never have an agenda. Uh, I don't advise them. I don't tell them what to do at all. I just listen. And when you listen deeply, what you see is that most problems that we think are problems out there are actually problems inside us. And so helping them sort of sort through how that uh, can be transmuted into positivity, into energy, into, into success is, is, is the key. Very cool. Very cool stuff. And uh, I would assume at least, you know, maybe you don't necessarily teach it, but I know it's something that you do on your own and it's, it's meditation. And I know that you, you find the med a meditation practice to be, you know, just a, probably an important thing in your life. Um, have you always meditated or is this something that you started doing later on in life? So around 20 years ago, I had my own challenges in business and uh, I sought a coach and his name is Joe and I still work with him. Um, and one of the things he asked me was, do you sit? And I said, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. He says, do you sit? And so I said, well, I think you mean something. And I, no, probably I don't. And he said, well, start sitting. And so meditation for me is, is uh, some quiet time where you just make your body still. Uh, you find a place where it's uh, quiet and where you don't expect to be disturbed. And you just let your mind wander. You don't say mantras, you don't manage your breathing, you don't do anything, you stop doing. And as you stop doing, you start being, and you start noticing that your mind is actually something separate from who you are. And that your mind can work for you or you can work for it. And so in most of our lives we actually are working for our mind our mind says i want this i don't want that um i need to try harder i you know probably this person is is having an ulterior motive uh, our mind creates problems because it solves problems right so it needs problems to solve but once you're able to see that you are not your mind then you're able to see that you're looking at your mind if you're looking at your mind it means you, you are not your mind then you start actually being able to see how your mind can be helpful when you call it to be helpful and it can be still when it's not helpful so kind of the idea of meditation i guess is to to realize and find that separation between self and the mind and realize that they are not one 
Right. I wouldn't call it separation. I would say, where do you sit and what do you see? Right? Your mind is an object, like your hand, like my hand, if I chop my hand, right? Uh, I'm still me. If I chop, you know, my leg, I'm also me. Correct. If I change, if I change my name, I'm also me. Now you don't, right? you don't, you don't have to chop your leg off for the benefit of the podcast. So I, 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 <laughs> I, but I, I, I get it. <laughs> and so your mind is just one of those things. It's like a computer, right? You, you your computer, you re- realize is not you. You ask it to do tasks, and it does it for them perfectly, right? Um, that's how your mind is. The difference of your mind is that it's always on. And so if you do not direct it, and if you don't put it to sleep, when it's not necessary, it will just go on. It will just create stories. And those stories are what become suffering. Now, what changes did you see in yourself on a professional level and a personal level from when before you started meditating and then after you ingrained it as a steady practice? I would call it traditional success. So um, once I was able to see that um, I can use my mind to achieve things and then I can stop my mind to deeply listen to what's happening, to see what's happening out there, then I can respond in a very different way. And that just uh, allows for more relationships to develop, allows for more peace, to, to, uh, to be in teams, uh, see opportunities and options that uh, I could not see before. So it just expands the ability to, to, to perceive and notice uh, different opportunities. Very cool. Very cool. I think that's a succinct way to kind of explain like the benefits of meditation. Now, your how... mind is, is, your mind is, is, is like a spotlight. It just looks in right, and then it's distracted and it looks somewhere else. And it looks somewhere sure. else. Sure. Right. Sure. And you, when you can pause your mind, you can actually see the whole picture. You can see everything. And once you can see everything, you can spot many, many more interesting things in life and, and experience life in a much more fun and uh, more fulfilling way. That's an interesting way to look at it. So the mind is like a spotlight, but then if you can turn that mind off, it's almost more like a floodlight, right? You, you could take everything in at once. That's very cool. Very cool. Now, how would you advise someone that's never meditated? They probably believe in the benefits of meditation, but they've never really ingrained it as a practice. How should they start meditating? Sit. Very simple. Just start sitting. You can sit for one minute. You see that that one minute is very long. When you start meditation, uh, it takes... uh, you know, some practice to, to, to be comfortable in stillness. That happens very, very quickly. And so then you can expand it from one minute to five minutes to 10 minutes to 20 minutes. So start small, start with a minute, maybe build from there, two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, and just sit there. And when we're sitting, we're just observing the mind, right? Is that pretty much the goal? Observing everything, right? With your eyes closed, that you'll start having itches. It will bother you. Like you, you, you will think that something is itching you, you, you know, on your, on, you know, in your clothes. Like it, it, the mosquito is 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 around you. The the mind wants to be active, so it will start looking for things to to be be active about. Just let it go, and be still. 
I love that. And I think that, that's good advice, you know, for someone who's looking to meditate and they're maybe a little intimidated about the whole thing. Start small and just sit and observe your mind, observe everything, right? While you're sitting there and start with one minute, 60 seconds. And I agree, when I first started meditating, 60 seconds felt like 60 minutes. I mean, you just, you couldn't wait to get out of that chair and go do something. But I, I do think that the more you stick with it, the more consistent you are. I know with myself, you know, just my ability to focus on a task for a longer period of time has expanded greatly since I started meditating. So, I want to talk a little bit about the ego. I know it's something that you speak on on your socials, and it's a it's a, it's a topic that that you've certainly been, um, <clears throat> you know, a, a respected resource on. You know, what is the ego? Is the ego the same thing as the mind, or or am I a little off there? It's almost the same. So the ego is in a, is an identity. So the ego is a story you've told yourself about what you think you are. Right? So I think I'm a man, I think I'm Greek, I think I'm Mario, I think that I'm, uh, you know, all of these things, which I'm not. Obviously, all of these things are not who I am. Um, and we can do a little exercise so that you can see that that's not who, who I am, right? So uh, the, the ego is, 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 is an identity that we have. And then, um, and it's necessary, it's our friend. Our ego is a friend. Now, a friend can become our, you know, once it occupies the, the seat, right? Once we put it in the driver's seat, then we forget who we are and that becomes suffering. So the ego is not the enemy. The ego is an ally. But when we forget that the ego is separate from who we are, then it can be an issue. When we forget that it's an advisor. Right. It's an advisor. It's not us. Right. It's sitting next to me while I'm driving, but it's not driving my car. The moment it starts driving my car and I forget who I am, then the car is driven by neurosis. The ego is going to, to be overactive and want things and push for things, and create conflict, internal, external conflict. So how do we work with all this? Is it really just as simple as meditating every day or are there some things that we should do besides meditating on a daily basis to be more mindful of, uh, of all yeah. this? I tell my clients that the only work I do with them in this realm is noticing, only noticing. It's just the ability to expand our noticing. So meditation is a time we set aside to sort of practice that deeply, but the noticing can happen at all times. And so once you get into the habit of this, then you notice everything. You notice the words. Do I use the word but a lot, right? When I say but, I create a conflict between statement A and statement A, but, right? So then I create a, a conflict. Why don't I try to say and instead of but? Do I use the word should a lot, which means that I have all these opinions that are encrusted? Do I use the word I a lot, which means that I'm preoccupied with myself rather than with with the benefit of, of my team or my client, right? So noticing yourself, noticing everything else. So noticing the ability to expand your noticing, expands your awareness. Once your awareness is more expanded, you just see more. So meditation is, is of course, very important, but you can notice things and be more present all day long, even when you're not meditating. I like that a lot. Uh, that, that, the master, that's the master meditator meditates all the time in their sleep even 
Interesting. Uh, just curious, how many minutes do you think people should meditate daily? Does it matter? You use the word should, which which is part of the problem here. So there's, <laughs> Sorry. There's, there's no should. Um, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening is absolutely great. And it okay. allows a lot of space for people uh, to then take that practice and put it in their daily life. But they will fall off the bike. Somebody will cut them off in the, like, like on the highway and they will just lose it. Right. So then, then, then they're back in the, um, in the more sort of, uh, illusory sort of, uh, story that, that is like suffering. Uh, somebody will tell them something that pisses them off and then they will just explode. Right. So just bring it back, always bring it back and notice. So, so there's no real prescription as far as should. And I, I understand that's kind of like going against the whole idea of meditation is should. Um, but you, it sounds like you yourself, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening. Is that, uh, your, you know, your daily routine most days. And then, uh, an hour or two hours while I'm in my bed before sleeping or as I'm falling into a different state. Yes. Would you see med meditation as something that just the more you do it, the more you get out of it or do you think like someone could just meditate for like five minutes a day forever and still feel some benefits? For sure. For sure. Five minutes is better than nothing. That's true. That is true. And I, I've gone through periods in my life where I was meditating 20 minutes a day and then other seasons in my life where I, I struggled to find the time to do it that much. But, you know, I think even just keeping the habit going and, you know, even if it's just two minutes on the path train home, um, you know, I, I do think even that two minutes just staying consistent with it does make a difference. Yes. In, in a train, it is harder. You're putting yourself in an environment which has a lot of stimulus. And so you're asking yourself now, if you're a master meditate, if, if this was, you know, a, a saint or a realized being or a Buddha or, or you know, a, a, a Lama, okay, maybe the train is, is, is an appropriate place to meditate. But for most of us, you would want to have a, a quiet space where you can actually do that. Okay, that, that's really good advice for, you know, for anyone, for myself, because I know I'm always thinking, you know, what's the most efficient way for me to spend my time tomorrow and I'll time block out my entire day. And, you know, I'm like, well, where do I fit meditation in? And recently, a lot of the, the time, I've been finding that 15 minutes on the path train as the most efficient time to meditate. But I will agree with you that I do not find as much stillness or as much being present, you know, to my breathing, to the environment on the train um, as I would if I were just like sitting in the bedroom in darkness in a chair. I, I think there is definitely something to that. So, Brad, let me ask you a question. Sure. You are successful in your job. How many minutes does it take you to actually be successful? Like if you close a deal, how much time does that actually take versus all of the other stuff that you do, worrying about process, worrying about filling forms, et cetera, et cetera, which, which you know. So how much time does it take to actually be successful? in your job, do you think? Does it take 
12 hours well, a day? As a real estate agent? No. I would say like, you know, if a real estate agent blocked off two hours a day, five days a week, and just sent out text messages and phone calls to their network, to their pipeline, to homeowners that they want to work with. If they just did that for two hours a day and then maybe went on like one or two appointments in the afternoon, you know, that would, those would probably be the two most important activities to being a successful agent. And, you know, total, that could come in somewhere around three or four hours of just like core activities that you would need to be what would be considered a successful real estate agent. Right. So now imagine you bring your full self to those four hours. And I would say four hours are too many. You close one good deal. You can make up for a lot of deals that you haven't closed, right? No, sure. So, Listen, in New York City, you don't have to close too many to have, you know, a, a pretty solid financial year. So, yeah. So, you know, we can call it, let's say, three year, three hours, two hours. And I agree. If I brought my full self to those hours, I'm sure I would get more done, you know, within that time frame. That's right. I guess the question is, how do you bring your full self? Is that just a matter of meditating for 20 minutes every morning? You start there. Very cool. And I, I, how many, you know, of your clients do you find already have a meditation practice in place before you start working with them? Not many. Not many. And would you say that you kind of inspiring them to start a meditation practice, um, you know, becomes one of the biggest differentiators in their life in a positive way? Well, they, they ask me questions and so at some point it's opportune to say well how much stillness do you have in your life and then the answer is not much and they're like well what do you do about that you want to be a ceo right if you if you just look at at uh, you know a room where you can't behind the glass you can't hear anyone you wouldn't be able to tell who the ceo is even if everyone was the same age, the same clothes, etc., you you would be able to know who who the, the significant people in the room are. Hundred percent. Just from just from how they how they carry themselves, how they they conduct themselves. Very true. Right. Very very interesting stuff. And I, you know, I I was doing of course some research on your work. You know, but before the talk today, and I. You know, I, I love, you know, some of the content that you put out there. And I, I've heard you say in the past that, you know, the key to success is flexibility. And I was just curious if you could kind of unwrap that for us. A little it's bit. not the key to success. It is success. Right. So the context you can't control. You can't control what the Fed will do. You can't control the weather. You can't control what your boss will do. You can't control what your clients will do. You can't control the economy. You can't control almost anything, right? So what you can control is how you respond. And so flexibility is the ability to flex. So the ability to actually show up in the right way, in the, in the right moment. And so success is simply responding in the best way possible, given the context. Success for a high school student is very different than success for, for you. The context in the high school is different. The context in your job is different. The context in my job is different. The context in my family is different. So bringing the ability to, to, to flex 
and respond in the best possible way in the moment is success by definition. I, I love that. That That's pretty poignant stuff. So success, it's not the key to success. It is success. Flexibility is success. Another one of you know your, your core teachings that, that I've heard you kind of um, you know say a few times um, is that you know our goal should be to stop wanting and start intending. And I'm just curious if you could kind of dive into a little bit of the difference between wanting and intending. Right. So language is very useful because it tells us a lot of the implicit assumptions. Wanting, excuse me, means lacking. To want is to lack, simple, right? That's that's sure. the old English. If, if you go to the old the dictionaries, that's what it means. So you can't have what you want by definition. So if I'm going from a place of wanting, I'm going from a place of deficit. So what am I manifesting out there? Deficit. People come to me and say, I want love. You will never have it because love is giving. How can you be wanting it? You are it. You give it. That's it. I love that. That's really good stuff. So if you want love, you you will never have it. So forget wanting. You just have to give. That's right. Is that intending? Is that what intending is? Intention is a very powerful thing. Only humans can intend. As animals, we are the only animal that can actually intend, which is very, very powerful. And how is it and different intent, than wanting? And, in, and intending is, is has a high level of humility, high level of giving. Right? Uh, you can't intend something that is really negative because negative things come from deficit come from striving from 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 being unsatisfied etc etc right intention is is a movement into the universe into the energy of other people into the energy of of yourself and so intending is is a uniquely human thing to do and with high humility and so intending and letting go you just watch what happens. Just start intending, stop wanting, and see if the universe will return you the favor. So let's talk about that, like letting go. I guess that's so we intend on doing things, and then we let go. Intend on doing things. Intend an outcome. Intend on an outcome. Yeah. And then we we but but we at the same time let go of the results. Ha, ha, that's how right. How do we do that? I'm struggling to figure out exactly like how to mentally do that. Does that does it just come down to the power of meditation? We'll kind of like set this free in our minds, or yeah, it's not even meditation. You, you you can do that. You can intend something and let go of the outcome. You can do, do you, that. Do you believe in affirmations at all? Do you say things out loud sometimes? Like affirming, affirming qualities in yourself or, or outcomes that you're intending? Affirmations are useful. Like meditation, they're useful to a degree, right? So in the beginning of the journey to manage your energy, to manage your spirit, because spiritual just means energy, right? It, 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 like it's not, uh, it, it, like it doesn't have a re- religious element to me at all. It is, sure. it is pure that your spirit is your energy. And so um, in the beginning, 
meditation is very helpful because it is allowing you to sort of see more of yourself and of others and of the environment around you. Um, same thing with affirmations. It just allows you to see and to, and to put words into actually what you're seeing in you. Um, after a while, you don't need them. After a while, meditation, you don't need it because you are meditating. You are meditation all the time. All the time. Boy, I hope I get there one day. That sounds nice. <laughs> that sounds like, I think if so you in, if, if you intend it, if you intend it, you will. If you want it, you want, if you want it, you want. Very cool. I like that. And I think that there is certainly a, a difference there between intending intention and wanting. And you have a, a quote, um, you know, that I think it was in one of your posts. I forget if you said it or if you wrote it, but it was, um, it went like this. Uh, you know, a friend of mine said, you know, I'd like to make more time to meditate. And then you said to them, do you mean you'd like to meditate to make more time? And I, I found that right. to be pretty, pretty powerful. And I, I, I was just curious, like, do you think that daily meditation actually, you know, in some sense gives us more time in our lives right so there are two levels to answer that which one do you want both uh, yeah give me both why not let's go <laughs> so, so on one level it means that you bring your full self and therefore you don't have to be doing and striving all the time um which means that you can get more done and 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 arrive at your outcomes in a, in a much faster way right? so at one level meditating does create more time for you because it allows you to be far more effective with others and with yourself. Okay. The second explanation, which is a little bit more spiritual, a bit more advanced, but I think that you're interested in this topic is that time is a construct of your mind. So once you're actually able to be present, you can create more time. Time is a resource that we think is, is a, a, a finite resource. It's not. You can actually slow time. You can slow the passage of time. So you create more time by being more present. I think that's 100% so true. If, if you meditate, you're actually creating more time in your life. You're living more of your life. I totally agree with that. And in, in the, the seasons of my life where I've been really dedicated to my meditation practice, you're just so much more present on a moment to moment basis, really noticing life as it's happening. And it really does feel like you're creating time. Time goes by a little bit slower because you're not living in the future. You're not thinking about what happened yesterday. And if you live in the future or you live in the past, the day goes by like that. And it's like 8 PM and you're watching Netflix and you're like, what the hell just happened? But if you That's are right. meditating every day, 20 minutes, whatever it is, five minutes, um, it does slow things down a little bit and it slows them down in the best way possible. I, I think that's, that's such a cool way to, to put it, Mario. Um, and as we were talking, my mind, you know, as I'm talking about being present, thought about something we just talked about, <laughs> um, just the difference between intending and wanting and just in like a super old, just like tactical sense as far as like self-talk, like how can we use that? Like, let's say there's, there's a promotion that we want or a deal that we want to close. Um, should we instead start to, to change that verbiage in our minds from I want to close that deal to I intend on closing that deal? 
yes, that would help a lot. But I'll tell you, my biggest promotion was before being a general manager of the company that I co-founded to becoming the CEO of that company. And I'll tell you that when I moved from a place of wanting it, wanting to be the CEO, to actually looking at the team and asking myself questions around, what do I intend for this team? What do I intend for this business? Then almost magically, I was so much more helpful. People saw that I was central to to um, the growth of this business and the group CEO just called me and said, uh, I think you should run this this team. And that team was 12 people at the time. By the time I left, it was a thousand people. Very cool, Mario. I, I like that a lot. And want is a, it's a state of deficit. It's almost like a selfish way to look at things, but you switched that around and you said, you know, what do I intend to do for these people, for this team, and that made all the difference for you. Right. I mean, we're in the client business. You're in the client business. I'm in the client business. Sure. No sure. one wants no one wants to have your services because of you. They want to have the services because of them. So if you're about them, that opens a completely different relationship with them. 100%. I think people can feel that too. I think when you're really acting with their best interests in mind and you're not just trying to close a deal, um, I think on some level, people can innately feel your intentions. And I think that's a powerful that's thing. So I said another... intention, is, intention is a very human thing. So all of us are raiders of intention of ourselves and of other people. And so your intention is read, right, by, by others. I agree. And I think, you know, at least early on in my 20s and things like that, I don't think I realized exactly, you know, that people had those radars, those intention radars, and that, you know, your pure intentions actually really are felt by the people that you're conversing with. I, I think it took me to a little bit later in life to realize that. And that if your intentions are in the right place, you know, really acting with other people's best interests in mind over and over and over again, then, you know, good things good things just start happening and they start happening a lot. Another one of your quotes that I love, and I know I keep bringing them up, but I just think a lot of them are really powerful is, you know, when you finally stop asking what's next, then you have arrived. I think that's awesome. Right. I think, and I think it's something that a lot of people need to hear a lot of high achievers, so to speak, people that are always looking to climb that next mountain never fully living in the present, always, always thinking about, you know, what can I accomplish next? What medal can I win next week? What promotion can I get uh, next month? But when you finally stop asking that what's next question, that's when you have arrived. When did that moment happen for you? Well, I don't believe that people have a uh, a unitary way of living. So, so we we have many different parts of ourselves, and you know, I'm a father, I'm a professional, I am um, a member of the community, um, right? Um, so, I'm a partner, and so in all of these aspects of life, uh, you know, being able to make that that switch or that realization, I think. Is, it, it is different. Uh, I have this model, which is a three-level model, which, which makes it easy for people to understand. Level one is getting. 
Level two is giving. And level three is realizing that it doesn't matter. So um, in the areas of my life where I know that it doesn't matter, I don't matter, right? It, with my kids, I don't matter. Right? So that's, 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 that, that's when you really are present uh, in the flow of life. Um, and in other parts, I'm still level one, right? In other parts, I'm still, you know, grasping and trying and all of that. So I don't think there's a, a uniform way of thinking about it. I think in business, there was a moment where I realized that um, being about others is much more important than being about myself, where that was a huge... There's a book called The Go-Giver. I recommend it to everybody. I, I, I've given it to hundreds of people. Sure. Employees, clients. It's a great book. Um, and, 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 and it really just talks about the fact that once you make the transition from grasping to giving, a whole new world opens with massive values unlocked. That's so powerful, Mario. That really is. And that's a great book, by the way. Go-Giver is excellent. I recommend everyone, if they haven't read it, go out, buy a copy, or get the audio, audible version and listen to it. And that's really it. Whatever business venture you're looking to start, even if you're just creating a piece of content, you know, make that piece of content to give genuine value to the people that are watching it. You know, don't just make it for the views and the likes and the followers. Make things, create things, go into ventures, always trying to give great value to the people around you, genuinely intending to do that. And like you said, I mean, the, the world just opens up for you. So there's one question that I, I love to, to end, you know, the, these talks on, and this has been awesome. I know everyone listening right now is going to take one or two things and, and really run with it from this talk. Um, you know, for someone listening right now, maybe they've got a dream in their heart, uh, but they're, you know, but they're not taking action towards it. Um, maybe they're not even sure exactly what it looks like, but they don't love what they're doing right now with their work. They feel a little stuck. How do they get unstuck? Listen to this part of your body, <laughs> right? Listen so, to your heart. Right. Uh, um, there is, uh, your heart always knows what the right thing to do is. It's this part of your body that blocks it. Oh, it doesn't have enough money in that space. Oh, it's going to be difficult. Oh, I don't have the degree. I, you know. Too much competition. So there's, right. There's, there's all sorts of reasons why not. I think um, everyone knows what everyone is born with a gift and the journey of life is to realize that gift and give it. That's it. I love that. What, what a super powerful, concise statement to end this talk on Mario. This has been excellent. I'm, I'm so pleased that you were able to make time for us and come on the show today. Um, you know, thanks for being with us. And where can people, you know, follow you online and, and keep up with, you know, that all that you're up to right now? Right. So I created this Instagram, um, Baba Mario Simon, um, which is, was basically the inception was people were saying, well, stop, I want to write this down. I'm like, don't write it down, be present here. I will make a post so that you can go back to it. So, um, all of my content and, and uh, you know, inspirations that, that come to me and I want to share them with the world uh, are there. It's a, it's a great page. I 
started following it and was really diving into a lot of the content over the past week. And I found a, a lot of it to be really powerful. And, you know, I, I find you're, you're very consistent too with your posts. So I think like, it's almost like every day, you know, you're, you're dropping, you know, some sort of uh, spiritual nugget of gold on, on the masses. And I, I, I would highly recommend everyone going out there and following and, and I'll, I'll certainly put his Instagram handle in the show notes and this has been awesome, Mario. I, I appreciate you being on uh, again. And, um, you know, this has been Doing Big Things. Anyone listening, of course, I greatly appreciate you leaving us a rating or a review, you know, if you have a moment to do so. But either way, you know, thanks for being with us today. I will see you next week. And until then, let's do big things. <laughs>